my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. I'm here with Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Hello, Father, and um, not quite Merry Christmas, but Happy Fourth Sunday of Advent. Happy Fourth Sunday of Advent. We are being patient, as we mentioned last week, that we have to wait for Christmas, and we are so close to it. It's exciting. I know. If, if it was next year, as we said last week, it would already be almost Christmas. It'd be a day away. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but this but year is a Advent. long one. This is the longest Advent we could possibly have, and I think we're holding up pretty well, from what I can tell. Everybody is cooperating so. with the, the the spirit and the theme of Advent, and ready for Christmas next week. It's been exciting uh you know my my kids we've been doing an advent calendar then they get excited every day with a different thing of it so yeah it's been it's been great but uh i thought we would for for some of our, our talk today uh, in general i thought i would jump back to a poll i did last liturgical the last liturgical year mm, back right. before we started the new year yeah um yeah. a poll i did um where i asked people that a uh, would you rather question i said would they rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song that they hear for the rest of their life. Um, to sing along or to dance for the rest of our lives. Wow. That's, that, that's, that's intense. That's intense. <laughs> sounds like I get tired. I get tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I know for my... Oh, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't answer the poll. I think I'd probably go with singing because yeah. uh, my, my dancing would be a little yeah. suspect. I think I'd go the same direction. So singing is something that I'm... I, 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 I love it. I appreciate mm-hmm. singing, and and yeah, it's been rewarding for me to offer a little bit of song. Dancing has been hit and miss on its, as far as its rewards. Sometimes I I don't pick up the moves quite as quick as, <laughs> er, quick as everybody else. You know, I've I've danced more in my life since I had kids because my kids want to dance, and then they want to have a little dance party, and then then I'll do it. But then that's you know in the privacy of my own home, curtains closed, <laughs> and no one can see it except for them, and and they're young enough where they think it's fun until they're like, Dad, just stop. <laughs> uh, but you know. But I'm curious about our parishioners. What did the parishioners say? They want to dance or they want to sing? They agreed with us. They would much mm. rather sing. Um, there was ten people that said they'd rather they danced everything. Oh, okay. But the the majority of our parishioners said they would they would prefer to like, sing. Like what was the cut? How many people are, wanted to sing? Twenty three people said they'd rather oh. sing. Ten said dance. So yeah, more than double. Yeah. More more than double. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I think singing just comes a little easier. It, it's like it's uh, you can sing and not everybody knows that you're singing exactly. because you can be like real quiet about it. But if you're up and dancing, it's pretty <laughs> much obvious that you're that you're up and dancing. Exactly. Too, I think um, song kind of quickly affects souls. At least it does for me. I like have to to get into dancing in order to feel the the, the rhythm. But with a song, I can quickly um, sing a song mm. that has the the mood that I'm looking for right. and find my soul following along with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I find myself singing in the car sometimes. You can't dance very well when you're riding <laughs> in the car. But I sing especially a praise song to the Lord mm. and, um, yeah, just a, uh, a song that he would lift me up. So one of my favorites is purify my heart. And I'll kind of sing that along the way, but it's so that my voice is also warmed up and purified for whatever it is that yeah. I'm getting ready for. So I'm um, saying purify my heart, but I'm singing purify my throat so that I can <laughs> sing and and be ready. Because, yeah, when I get to places, often I have to do public speaking and I want my right. voice, my larynx, be ready for it. Absolutely. Well, um, first, I, I want to thank all our parishioners who do participate in the polls. I have fun with those each week. So uh, thanks for everyone doing that. But I want to get to our sponsor this week, which we thought... It'd just be Christmas Mass. Yeah, um, Christmas I is coming up. It, is there anything bigger than Christmas coming up? It's this a week, week away. We're still in Advent, sure, but we got to start preparing for what what's going to happen. And so, if you don't know our Christmas Mass times, you sh- 
listen here and you know it and you can figure out as a family when you're going. So uh, we've got we've got uh, on on Christmas Eve we have 4 p.m. and then we have 7 p.m. that evening and then midnight. Um, Which is really at midnight. It's actually at midnight. be careful with that because I understand the history hasn't always been at midnight here at St. Jude Parish. But midnight really is midnight. And we're going to have a midnight mass at St. Jude Parish this year. And then if you don't want to come on Christmas Eve or don't want to stay up late for midnight, you can come Christmas Day at 10 a.m. So evidently, uh, Tyler, in the controversy about Midnight Mass, you take the controversy that Midnight Mass takes place on the 24th on Christmas Eve. And on uh, other people say, no, Midnight Mass is the next day. And so Midnight Mass is on the 25th. So as you were presenting this, you said the next day. I I, I did. Although I would say I think it's technically the 25th. Well, I've been told that there's this, there is no answer to it because midnight doesn't have an a.m. or a p.m. associated with it. It is midnight. It is the transition point. But I know my parish, and we never start on time. So <laughs> it's not actually going to be midnight. It's going to be midnight in a few seconds or maybe even midnight in a few minutes. And as a result, it's going to be the 25th instead of the go. 24th. So you're saying is I should go... Onto our website and edit it so it doesn't say Christmas Eve and have midnight. It yeah. should say Christmas Day midnight. Christmas Day midnight. That would really confuse me. <laughs> I'll be coming on the 25th looking for something later that night. It is just hard to be able to keep that it straight. Is. Sometimes you have to be creative and say later that night. So you say 4 p.m. Mass, 7 p.m. Mass, and later that night at midnight, midnight. we have the midnight Mass. Then they all, they've all got it. Oh, so confusing in this church. It is. But those are your Mass times. 4 p.m., 7 p.m., midnight, and 10 a.m., um, we can't wait to see you here uh, at St. Jude f- to celebrate Christmas. Like, sure, you can do all your family things, but don't forget Mass. That's that's the essential part. Go to Mass yeah. on Christmas. Yeah. So to that end, Tyler, can we talk more about liturgy itself and how we worship God? And it's at Christmas or at Easter and every Sunday. And I'd like to spend more time on that in this podcast this week. Would that be all right just to dive deeper into that and why we worship God the way we do? I think that'd be great. So... The Lord has taught us over the years to have some consistency in the way that we worship him. And that consistency is called the liturgy. So the word liturgy comes from the Greek, and it means um, the work of the people. And so we are working as we worship God. And that runs contrary to the idea of I'm going to take an hour off every Sunday morning, just sit there, wait for it to get over and go home. The liturgy should actually work. Mm. We should be engaging in this worship of God. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes the worship of God comes really um, gently, like we're just totally ready to be able to um, engage in this worship because we are, our soul is wanting to worship God. But my experience has been, and I think it's the experience of, of many Catholics, it's not always that way. Sometimes <laughs> we want to worship God. And it's not because we feel like worshiping him this morning. It's just because yeah. this is what we do. And ultimately the, uh, the question is, who do we worship? The question is, the answer is God. And because we worship God, eh, we may or may not feel like worshiping that. If we're worshiping ourselves, well, then you go to Mass or you don't go to Mass, and that's up to you. But we don't worship ourselves. Right. We worship God. And as a result of worshiping God, we come out of ourselves in order to worship mm. Him in the format that He has given us through Scripture, tradition, and the Magisterium. Yeah, it's not it's not always easy. There, even Even at times when... I think you're right. Like there's, we, we know what we're doing. It's we're going there to worship God. There's, there's still times I know in myself where it's just like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, I gotta get myself going. Cause I know the inclination as a human being is just to, to be lazy and sit at home, but it's not about me today. It's yeah. about something greater and, 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 and trying to 
instill that and teach it to my own kids right now is sometimes difficult. Like, we don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand, but there's something important we're doing there. The uh, generations have, have switched around over these over these last years. So the um, if we were going to Mass 100 years ago, it would be very clear that we were going to Mass just to make a sacrifice for God. Mm. It's just an act of divine worship, and much of it was in Latin. So there would be some, some waiting through. You'd know your responses and maybe sing with the choir. But um, the, the sacrifice was definitely there. Um, the generation just before me in, in the priesthood was really good at helping people to be um, uh, kind of like energized or even entertained at Mass. Ooh. And it created this dynamic in which people came expecting to be entertained. Right. And what the church has discovered is, first, not every priest has those abilities to be able to do on-the-spot entertainment for <laughs> hours at a time. And the other reality is it doesn't have shelf life. It doesn't keep people in the pews for, for decades. Um, they eventually give up give up because they find that they can be entertained better on television where right. they have bigger budgets and they Absolutely. have better ways to be able to entertain everybody. It's yeah, it's, it's not about entertainment. And yeah, again, going to my, my kids, is, Oh, I'm bored. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but that's not what we're, ultimately that's not what we're here for. It's, it's something greater. I'm not going there to be entertained. It's not just another TV show on the docket that I'm going to watch each week. It's something so much greater. So there was a great sociology book written back in the 1960s, and it was called The Lonely Crowd. It's just a classic. If you get a chance, it's still in print. Uh, it's a classic in sociology. But the thesis of the book is that we learn how to behave from one of two different sources. It, first one is patrimony, and the second one is sociology. So the to patrimony means coming from God or our fathers, uh, your parents. It's something from top down is how we learn how to behave. And the, the, the church is, has not learned how to teach people how to behave sociologically. Um, we first learn how to, how to worship through patrimony, the scriptures, tradition, mm-hmm. magisterium that's given to us. But then we form one another sociologically through the second, second uh, format. But it begins through patrimony, from, from God giving us something. And mm-hmm. he gives us his body and his blood in the Eucharist. So this is a gift from God. So from that we grow into the second form, which is learning sociologically. And it's really the church's, um, uh, the church's cross being expressed once again. So every cross has a, a, a vertical beam, and in the vertical beam is the patrimony, God uh, speaking down to us, offering us something in Sunday Mass. And then the, vertic- the horizontal beam is us uh, loving one another and interacting with one another and worshiping with one another and, and listening to one another and, and allowing our voices to blend together when we sing. And so that's how we learn how to behave is through patrimony and through sociology. And both of them are there at the Mass. But I want to emphasize the first reason to go is because it's given to us from God. It comes from heaven down to us. Hmm. Yeah. What's the structure of the Mass? What do uh, we do when we come to Mass? Uh, I mean, when I, when I think about it, we've got this... There, there's, there's lots of things there, but we can split it up in, into two ways. We get the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Exactly. The poor Protestants they only have the liturgy of the word. So thanks <laughs> be to God, we're Catholic. Amen. We get both the word and the Eucharist, Amen. the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's also an introduction and an end to each of those. So Mm. the introduction to the liturgy of the word is the penitential rite. Mm. So we always come before God, not being presumptuous and saying it's mine, but with humility. Mm. I am a sinner, Lord. So we say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. A reference to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The first one is to the Father. Lord, have mercy. And then the second one is Christ. And then the last one to the Holy Spirit. Back to Lord, have mercy. 
So that's the introduction. And then at the end is a blessing. And here in Advent, we've been doing solemn blessings here at St. Jude Parish. And so it's more accentuated. We, we know we're being blessed right. at the end of the liturgy of, of the Eucharist. And yeah, so for everybody who is uh, thinking that they want to receive the Eucharist and leave so they can get out of the parking lot before there's traffic, you're missing a great bonus. Yeah, the absolutely. bonus is the blessing at the very end. So um, I, my priest friends have taught me, never tell people to wait for the priest to leave because they'll ignore that. But tell them to wait for the cross to leave because the altar server is going to carry right. the cross out. And once the cross is gone, then you're allowed to leave Mass. Right. So that's your cue that it's okay to leave Mass is when the cross is gone. So respect our Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and his holy cross. Would you like me to share some questions with you, Tyler? Oh, let's see. Let's yeah. see if we can... Here's a question for you. So um, we, you can ask me questions about whether we sing or dance, but these are questions <laughs> for you. Why do we celebrate Mass on Sundays? Why should we go to, sun, to Mass on Sundays? That's a that's that's a deep one in many ways because you know our faith ultimately it, in, we inherited in many ways from the the Jewish tradition and they would celebrate on Saturdays the the day of rest but we have the eighth day the day of resurrection on Sunday so exactly so it's because of the the resurrection that our Lord has taught us what um, the, this is the day to worship Him and to be to be close to Him so um, because He rose from the dead on Sunday we worship Him on Sunday. It, for the ancient Jews, Sunday was like our Monday. It was the first day of the work. Right. They were now done with the Sabbath, and it was time to get to work, and everything that didn't get done over the over the Sabbath now has to be done. But our Lord rose from the dead on that day, and it like sanctifies the life of work. Mm. And so um, we, of course, do take Sunday as, as the new Sabbath, the day of rest. But for the ancient Jews, they would have seen Sunday as just another work day, just, a, you know, like I said, the equivalent of our Monday. Here's another question for you, Tyler. Why do we celebrate Mass inside of a church building? Mm. I you know, yeah, in some ways, like, why can't we just, you know, go celebrate somewhere? We're, we're right here next to the mountains. Why don't we just go up there? Mm -hmm. But there's something that's 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 dedicated specifically there for that, that holy place. It's not just, oh, yeah, we can worship God in many ways, but, like, this is... This is intentional for yeah. the specific purpose of like really coming together and 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 not just honoring God through our prayer and our and our singing, but being there for the sacrifice and this, yeah. this Him coming down to us. I think of Saint Wenceslas too, centuries ago, who knew that there were holy places in this world, mm. spaces that were just reserved for God, and so he would always visit a church every day. He was the king in. Um, Bohemia, and um, it was at church actually that his brother attacked him because his brother wanted mm. the throne, and but his brother knew he would go to church. He always did that, and it was because it was a holy place. And so, um, yeah, the Lord has taught us over the years to seek out a holy place. Even in the old covenant, the temple was sacred ground. Mm. You would never think of doing something to offend the Lord right. within the temple. That was His place. So the temple was even more sacred than the synagogues. They were like branch offices of the temple. And the temple was God's holy place that was there. Hmm. How about this one, Tyler? Why do we need a priest when we celebrate Mass? I mean, the Mass is all about Jesus. and uh, but, but, but a priest is, the, is, is, is in persona Christi, meaning they are... You are um, yeah. in the person of Christ, yeah. bringing, bringing Christ to us and making Christ present before us. Sometimes I go to an event and I see a priest on the other side and I say, hey, there's a priest. I get excited about it. And I am a priest. <laughs> it's just exciting to see the presence of Jesus Christ right. when we go. So whenever somebody asks you what priest offered Mass today, you can always tell them Jesus, Jesus. Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the great high priest, and he just uses human instruments to be able to perpetuate his ministry of giving his body and his blood throughout this, this, this world and this life. So, yeah, why do we need a priest? Because Jesus instituted the priesthood, and he asked the apostles to, um, to go to all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe all that he's commanded us. One of the things he commanded us was to do this in remembrance of me, to receive his body and his mm. blood every Sunday. So it's through the ministry of priests that of the ministry of, of the Lord Jesus Christ is perpetuated throughout the world. If I wasn't a priest, I'd want to be one. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that. I was in seminary. I wanted to be a priest, and God said, no, I have other plans for you. I'm like, okay. So just a reminder to any young men who are listening to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. The Lord is calling you to be courageous and, and to be um, generous with your life. God will not be outdone in generosity. You will give him your life, and he will give you a life that's so much more amazing you can ever imagine. Absolutely. Well, uh, wonderful. I think this is a great as we as we finish up this Advent season to to dive into something a little different, to talk about liturgy a, a little bit, um, to think about it and, and talk about these different questions that might might arise. So, thanks for sitting down with us and, yeah. and having and this especially conversation. Because Christmas is coming up next week, how are we going to worship God at Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? We're going to worship God in Absolutely. the way that He's given us within the liturgy. Absolutely, that's that, and that's the most important part. It's yeah. sure time with family is wonderful, but it, the most important is is worshiping God and and continuing to worship. Him throughout the the entirety of the Christmas season, not just for that that one day. So, um, thanks for being here with us. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your Advent, and uh, we'll see you all in the Christmas season. Yeah, talk uh, to you next week, Father. Would you give us your blessing? The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Now, Almighty God, bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.